0: Hello my friends from the Innovation Garage. This is Vinicius David bringing you another podcast and today we're going to be discussing something pretty hot, which is the fifth industrial revolution. Many people, many companies, many governments are still trying to figure out what to do with the fourth industrial revolution or the industry 4.0. And the big trend now is the next wave. And What am I talking about? What is this fifth industrial revolution? How is this different from the number one, the number two, the number three, and the number four in our history? Here's what we're going to be discussing today. And most importantly, the consequences, and I would say the very positive consequences that this next industrial revolution will have in businesses, nonprofits, communities, and people across the globe which is the following. This next industrial revolution recognizes the role of humanity in the epicenter of innovation. There is not a product, not one single product that we are proud of that was not firstly created by a human, by a person. Number one, number two, number three, and number four, Industrial Revolutions, they were recognizing the technology, steam, energy, first computers, AI, IoT, machine learning. The success, the big protagonist was the creature. Now, the next one is the recognition that There won't be a day where companies, businesses, societies will be running on robots only. But there will be technologies and machines helping humans to take the level of productivity they have today, to take the level of potential and performance that they display today to the next level. That symbiotic approach between humans and machines and creating an exponential results for us, that's what the next industrial revolution does and corrects. Because before it was all about the product and now it's about humans and the differentiation of businesses and whatever we do by having that idea front and center. And today we're going to be discussing the opportunities you have by understanding quick how to drive it inside of your businesses, how to position your company to ride this wave and create true and fair advantage for you to go and differentiate the value proposition of what you do. What's the number one thing here that we are talking about? The last industrial revolution, the fourth, it came to remove the human factor in everything we do. It, It was almost dehumanized everything. The polemic was how many jobs machines and automation will be replacing. Nobody was actually paying too much attention on the biggest opportunities this thing is going to represent. Now, this fifth industrial revolution, it comes to, I'd say, rehumanize businesses, products, services, and the recognition that both humans and machines together can bring away more value to societies that's the difference in bringing back this humanization or rehumanize things such as the view concerning the way we design how we design and why we design things this is going to be the big one the next one is let's think about the way this thing changes the nature of work right today we're still debating how many people are going to come back to the office how many people will actually stay working from home? It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. What matters in the end is we're going to give people autonomy to let them be who they are based on the potential they have. And machines will be there. Technology will be there to make them unleash their true potential anywhere they decide to get work done. Right. This is very important right now because as companies discuss, I mean, what the best solution is. So the recognition in the culture where people will get more empowered and can do more and most intelligently with technology for themselves and for their companies, to me, is the biggest leap concerning the way companies are crafting their visions for the future. Instead of worrying about should we keep This amount of people working from home, should we bring this amount of people back? That's not the main discussion. The main discussion is how do you unleash the true potential of humans by using all these technologies and being a protagonist of this fifth industrial revolution? That's the biggest opportunity. And as we see the nature of jobs changing, right? So the typical jobs that are disappearing are going away, but they're giving, I'd say, birth to many other higher level skilled jobs. Just think about this you know, a truck driver, somebody who would deliver pizza in your house, right? Driving a car, maybe tomorrow this person will be replaced by a robot that will be, you know, piloting a drone. That's okay because in the end of the day, there will be more people required to control all these drones in the air. Like today you have control towers in airports, but it's going to be very common for us to see control towers across Every single place in a city controlling the air traffic of drones in general, right? Now, it's going to be a way more sophisticated to control a drone or hundreds of drones than driving a motorcycle, right? So it doesn't matter if you just have now, you know, your driver's license to go and deliver food. So these types of jobs will be more sophisticated. They will require more skills. They will require higher education and they will pay more. And with more and more jobs like this popping up, even if in units we may see some going away, we tend to generate more richness. We tend to put more money in the economies and create more prosperity overall for humanity. Now, if people sit and just look this wave, they're going to be hit by the wave, right? So, and I always tell it: look, when you see a rogue wave, a big to high wave, you have two choices, right? So you turn it back. And, you know, it's going to, you know, just throw you away. Now, if you look firmly and then jump into this wave and try to ride this wave and surf this wave, chances are that you're going to get to the next level. And that's exactly what this big wave of technology combined with human potential will do. Right. So for those who know how to surf this thing and bring the right technologies in, redesign jobs, redesign scopes of work that are typically done all manual, and can give birth and replaced by technologies that can do part of the transactional work, living humans for all the more noble tasks, like connection with other humans. Think about this, in the end of the day, people do business with people, right? So we like to buy from machines, Mm, not a lot. It depending on the situation, we are going to be preferring still to buy and create relationships with humans. That's when, if you free up people's time to dedicate themselves to these tasks and parts of the customer journey that are a way more differentiated by performed by someone like you, that's when we win. The debate is not, it's either humans or machines. It's the symbiotic approach of both together. Then, The next one that comes out of these uh, fifth industrial revolution is this whole conversation about purpose. I don't think I've, I've heard the word purpose so many times, like in the past 12 months. Why? Because as we create more human centered businesses and organizations, companies will have to design for humans, the differentiation, making things personal again designing for each individual or making products and service look like customized, that's the nature of those who win, right? So today software companies can do that very easily by scanning the data, by scanning the traces you leave online. And they use some of these technologies and some of these data for great things. But in many cases, we see companies using for bad things. It doesn't matter. But the biggest discussion is how do we make some of these technologies more relevant and pervasive in our day to day so more good technologies can take place and actually help people to personalize whatever they need. For example, education is a sector that this trend is going to be massive. Think about the idea of uh, a one teacher per child. Miguel um, was one of the, uh, the scientists at the MIT that became very famous once he came back with this idea or designed to have a one laptop per child. It was a very simple prototype, very simple product that was super low cost. But his aim was to put a laptop in the hands of every single student on Earth. It didn't go so well for various reasons. But what I can tell you is the following. It doesn't matter if you give just technology for people to learn. You have to have the symbiotic approach with the teachers, with professors. You need to have the right tailoring process in training, what you're going to choose to teach for every kid. Every person has an intrinsic motivation that is different. And by knowing those intrinsic motivators, by understanding how a person sees mastery and purpose in everything they do, including their education is going to be key. And this is where technologies and AI can do a very good job by doing this portion of the job that today is based on feelings, perception, and given space for more data to define Who each person is and what they actually need in education is going to free up time for professors, teachers to actually go and help people develop. Just think about the amount of time it takes for people to just get tests corrected, right? So they spend a ton of time just checking, screening, doing all these traditional tests. Machines can do that, and the teachers in the classroom can spend the bulk of their time actually with the connection of every single student that is required for you to take learning to the next level. This is just one of the key examples of uh, where this symbiotic approach between humans and machines will take our societies and our planet to the next level. Now, the other one is, again, people will be choosing companies more carefully based on their sustainability agenda, right? So, Many people are very, very careful and selective concerning who they are buying and acquiring things from. This new Y generation is very, very sensitive to companies who have a very strong, sustainable approach concerning everything they do. Are you destroying the oceans? Are you actually, you know, helping, you know, animals to be, you know, killed? Are you actually producing devices? Are you producing, you know, sports goods with products that are coming from sources that are questionable, more and more people will be very attentive to the origins of products. And more and more, we are seeing companies actually bringing sustainability, for example, to the epicenter of everything they do. Using sustainability as a flagship differentiator of a company's value proposition, along with the humans who work there, It's one of the biggest trends and those who recognize this thing first and quick will be winning and will be dictating the pace of technology, will be dictating the pace concerning how humanity progresses. That's what this next industrial revolution does. There's a very short period of time between the fourth and the fifth. Very different from the first and the second that took approximately 150 years. This one comes to correct this major problem we had before. The other ones, they dehumanized most of the things we think about in terms of progress and evolution. They put machines, they put the creature in front of the creator. This one is bringing creator and creatures together as a key differentiation. And here's what's going on Why is Silicon Valley so important? in this discussion. Why is this discussion actually hot in this place? Simply put, let's think about where was Silicon Valley before? Today, many countries, many places, many companies, they try to understand what is the essence of Silicon Valley dictating the pace of innovation. But to me, this is the wrong question. The real question that can really lead to a good reflection is, have we seen a place like Silicon Valley before in the history of humanity? And the answer is yes. And that place was Florence in Italy in the 1500s. That was the moment of the Renaissance. And for those who love history, what did the Renaissance uh, bring into the surface? Very simply put, the knowledge, the science, the behavior, the anthropology was pretty much dictated by the Catholic Church. Only one, only one, only one organization had the power to say how things actually worked. And they were the ones who had to endorse technology and how technologies would change the lives of many people. Now, the people who started the renaissance, they did not believe in it. Nothing against religion. I support every single religion I respect. I grew up in the Catholic Church, actually. However not given the opportunity for every single person on earth to shine or have it's her or his on bright. It's wrong. Every single person was born to shine. And that's what the Renaissance did first and foremost. They were there through arts, through the manifestation of the first engineering projects, creating Technologies, the first days of anatomy, the first steps of medicine, as expressed by so many things that Da Vinci did, for example, those were the baby steps for all the great technology that we see today. Disrupting the belief that only some had concentrated in the hands of very few and giving the autonomy back to every single person, men, women, to create things was the biggest drive of the Renaissance. Now, back in time, they didn't have bits and bytes. They didn't have cloud. They did not have AI. All they did to express innovation and the manifestation of transformation was through paintbrushes, was through the paints, sculptures, and then engineering, architecture, medicine, anatomy, those were the ways people had at the time to innovate at the time they did not have venture capitalists to inject money to actually scale some of these um, you know ventures but they had the rich families the families who had actually controlled some of the most prominent cities in europe actually sponsoring most of these projects and why because through arts the differentiation in, I'd say, power with their armies that they needed to defend the big cities from the invasion of the uh, of the uh, of the neighbors at the time. Uh, at the time, actually, Italy was very worried about the uh, the French invasion. They invested a lot in some of these technologies. But the uh, the long story short here is why is this important these days? Because I think we are about to start seeing the Renaissance 2.0. This recognition that the real differentiation for the next wave of humanity in terms of development and technology by combining humans and machines and the symbiotic approach that is required for them to work together, it's going to represent the Renaissance 2.0 that is powered by digital capabilities right now. It recognizes that there's no machine, there's no AI, and there is no data without us, without you, and this is the most important thing. For those of you who've already heard the story that oil is the new data, and why? Because data powers technology. Data powers AI. There is no AI, there is no machine learning without data. And the day humans disappear, data disappears and technology dies. That's the reason why humans will be here to stay, but we'll stay now in a prominent role of defining the future like we've always done. And this is the invitation that I have here to make this concept of the next fifth industrial revolution a popular theme so companies can ride this wave and with that, make you grow fast. This is the commitment we have here and we'll continue to bring a lot of these discussions and give you a chance to connect the dots and see how technology, exponential humans can actually transform and drive innovation that will really change everything we know as is. Thank you very much. And it was a pleasure to bring another Innovation Garage podcast. Bye.